0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments. Now available on your Amazon Alexa.
1: Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be looking at key market themes and a number of UK equities. And to do that, we're joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being with us today.
0: Hello again, John. Good to be back.
1: So Alan, looking at data this morning, but everybody waking up would have been met with the headline of 10.1% inflation in July for the UK. Now that's uh, the highest of most of the G7, uh, well above uh, the figure that we saw from the US last week, where they actually quite interestingly missed analyst expectations here in the UK, we we were well above what the uh, the economists had down. I think the estimates were were nine point eight percent, so coming up 03 uh, percent higher than those estimates there. And you know, looking at uh, comments coming out from the market this morning, Alan, it looks as though it's going to go higher uh, from here. But for, let's take this now and and look at a. Uh, look at it from a markets perspective. Now, of course, if you look at the FTSE 100, that's not really a representation of the UK economy. And um, we started slightly stronger in, uh, in in London here, but we're, we're trading negatively uh, at this point in time. But when you're, you're looking at this, this figure here, I mean, what, what does it say about the, the UK and its place on the global stage at the moment, Alan? You know, what's the market implications you feel for, um, higher inflation in the UK. If we're able to see the US, for example, start to see a, a drop in inflation. In fact, I mean, do do you feel that there's a bit of an irrelevance for the FTSE 100 in this uh, headline inflation data we've seen this morning?
0: I think that's a that's a very valid point, actually, John. But um, of course, yeah, ten point one percent. Outstripping analysts' out expectations, and and uh, th- 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 as we were saying before we came on air, there seems to be very little uh, leadership. Or um, you know, Boris is just um, bumbling around Greece on his holidays. Doesn't really seem to care or have a grasp of the situation. And we just have this this vacuum at the top. It seems to actually get to grips with it. But uh, the fact is, the the Bank of England's governor, of course, as we spoke about uh, last week. Um, was very, very uh, bearish in his forecast for inflation. It's going to peak at 13.1%. And given the big jump we've seen in July uh, to 10.1%, that looks to be on. In fact, we could even exceed that. So um, it's almost like it's 1973 all over again. And people waking up and seeing those numbers this morning may well have thought, well, I'll just roll over and stay in bed. I, I, I won't bother to get up and of course back in 1973 we had we had three day weeks we had um uh, power blackouts um uh, all sorts of issues and um you know we're not obviously at that stage yet but it does feel a bit doom and gloom at the moment but again the markets haven't really responded i mean the the i think they took on board the bank of england's uh, forecast last week and looking forward looking forward the markets of obviously planning 6 to 9 months ahead or or reflect six, the picture 6 to 9 months months ahead and um have taken a pretty sanguine view um uh, and uh, certainly certainly you know the, the companies that we're going to talk about shortly that have been hit by cost inflation and that will continue to impact on their numbers but i i suppose the underlying picture is if revenues and profits continue to grow even if revenues even if they're partly impacted by cost inflation the underlying picture still is pretty healthy so that's probably one conclusion that can be drawn from these numbers in regard to the UK standing versus the US um, again um, Brexit standalone uh, I think we're in uncharted territory and it's going to be very hard to call the outcome. I don't think we can compare ourselves to the US or Europe. We have a unique set of circumstances at the moment um, and unfortunately it needs some firm leadership at the top to be able to give the markets uh, and certainly um, uh, the the, the UK population some confidence um, and visibility going forward. So Un- Uncharted territory. I think actually the guy to listen to is the governor of the Bank of England. I think um, I think they've they've put out a bearish forecast. Um, looks like that's going to uh, be fulfilled. So he's probably the one guy that uh, we can all listen to and uh, and uh, get a fairly accurate reading from at this moment in time.
1: Yes, of course the the Bank of England governor has has taken into consideration. A number of different factors and, and, and gave out a pretty a pretty gloomy outlook on the the UK colony. One of those factors would have been actually though, Alan, uh, the, the policies and um, and actions or, or inactions from the UK government. I mean, if we look at Germany, for example, um, they're putting in certain measures there to control energy bills for the population there. That's something that hasn't been done yet here in the UK. I mean, of course, we've got this leadership battle going on at the moment between Rishi and uh, and Liz Truss. I mean, do you think there's an opportunity for the new prime minister to come in and really take control of of, of this inf- inflation? Because a lot of this, looking at the figures, a lot of this is energy bills, which which can be yeah. um, you know acted upon. I mean, do you think if if we do get strong action from the UK? Uh, government in terms of the the next prime minister that we could actually start to see uh, the UK inflation rate fall back in line with uh, with the rest of the G seven.
0: Yeah, I do, Jonathan, uh, 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 and I think it's just a shame that we have this situation now where we have to wait for uh, for uh, you know Parliament to uh, complete the cycle and for voting to be completed on I think it's fifth of September so the new PM can be announced. But I'm absolutely certain that uh, when either Rishi or Liz come to power, they'll have a package of measures designed to deal with this, which um, could very well tackle inflation. Uh, I mean, let's not forget, we've come out of COVID and a very comprehensive set of furlough schemes and uh, and um, financial support measures were put in place by Rishi in order to, combat this so you can be pretty sure and you know if Liz Truss gets into power I'm sure Rishi will have a place in her cabinet at some point um so i i i think she'll still benefit from uh from that that input and i'm absolutely sure a package of measures will be put in place um you know the the government have um demonstrated uh demonstrated manifestly that they're able to fund you know, such extreme measures as furlough schemes, um, you know, financial support for families during COVID, it's now a different sort of problem. They'll be able to do the same. And I think, uh, I think it's an opportunity for the new leader to actually produce um, a set of measures that actually exceeds those currently offered by Germany and other countries across Europe.
1: Yes, but that will be something that we watch uh, with with interest. So and as we touched on there, Alan, not a, not a great deal of movement in the FTSE 100, and that's largely due to the, the composition of revenue and earnings of FTSE 100 companies coming from overseas. But the first company that we're going to discuss today is a fantastic bellwether of the UK economy in house builder Persimmon. They've had their half yearly uh, results up this uh, up this morning Alan, looking at the the, the sort of headline figures, completions fell, but you know what else was in there to to maybe give some optimism on their uh, on their earnings going forward for the rest of the year. Well,
0: revenues are slightly down, one point eight four billion for the first half last year, one point six nine billion for the first half this year. Profits of four hundred thirty nine, nearly four forty million versus four eighty million in the first half last year. so they've got cost inflation at eight to ten percent, but the, the 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 UK property market is just um, delivering as ever, and it's actually delivering uh, sales price inflation that uh, matches that. So so there's still very strong demand too. Forward order book of two point three two billion, which is higher than uh, first half last year, which is two point two billion. So we have robust housing prices. Um, we have uh, really pent up savings. You know, people haven't been able to spend money during the COVID, so they they now have a greater uh, greater access to or, or better access to uh, to to savings um, than they had previously. Um, and also, you know, companies like Persimmon. I think we you know we've spoken about this uh, previously. Um, what these companies do, they hoard land banks, so they build up land banks over years and years. And Persimmon has. of the best land banks in the industry um and it's it's taking measures all the time to improve what it does which is why as you point out john um the the company is a bellwether for the industry so uh yeah there's some uncertainty going forward obviously you know we've just covered this with with inflation and uncertainty but the one thing is the uk is a finite territory we're an island so you can only build so many houses here and that will always sustain Housing price, in my view we'll see corrections we'll see we'll see um, lulls in the property market, but that's the one area I think we can depend on and certainly if you're looking to invest into the sector, you know persimmon currently shares are currently trading at eighteen uh eighteen pounds twenty two they're off about one and a half percent this morning you know it's that's the old um, uh, buy the rumor sell the news adage obviously the news is out, but i mean dividend yield of Twelve point nine seven percent at this level, you know that, I mean that's an inflation beating dividend right there, so why wouldn't you have it in your portfolio
1: yeah i mean that that, that yield is uh is is astounding, and you know the, the the cash generation of these companies means that um you know of course we see if a real downturn in the house markets that may come under threat, but you know the cash generation is pretty substantial and, it, and it's able to maintain these dividends yeah uh, for for the house builders. But I mean, just to to finish off by looking at the shares here on, on Persimmon. Now we we were looking at share price, uh, you know, back in April twenty twenty one, and shares were up at thirty two uh, pounds. We're now trading, as you said, around that eighteen pounds mark. I mean, how how much of that was you know people being over enthusiastic last year on the back of the the reopening? Of the economy from from the pandemic, and how much of it of, of the fall is is people is people you know front running any real downturn in the in the housing market, which which may not happen.
0: Uh, I'd guess no. I, I I I mean I think as much as anything, there was a big migration from the city during COVID. Of course, people uh, it, you know with expensive city properties were cashing in and moving to the country, and we've seen. As you know, I live on the south coast in Seaford, and we've that's been absolutely in evidence here, um, particularly around where I live. I mean, property comes on the market. Uh, we've had two examples, we were talking to some neighbors yesterday. Two examples, properties come on the market and they go within a few days, and then you hear that they're sold for above the asking price. So, uh, you know, it, 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 there's almost a bidding war now. So, so that. You know that's been very much a driver, but of course now we're returning to some semblance of normality. I think uh, you know people that might people that might have moved out of the city may be considering buying back in. So um, so you know that that particular driver slowed down, um, and of course we've got the the factors. Of course we have the drop um, uh, the drop this year due to the. Ukraine war, the uncertainty that uh, that's generated, the consequential inflation. So, so I think I think what you're, where the share price is now is is a reflection of that cocktail of uncertainty. And of course, added to that, we have the Brexit scenario. We have the uncertainty over the PM uh, going forward. Um, but yeah, I think um, there's a huge opportunity here. Going back to what we were saying just now, for the new PM to really you know draw a line in the sand and uh, throw some markers down come up with a package for um for for people to deal with their energy bills and also to make it more attractive to uh, get first time buyers into the property market and I know for a fact that uh, the the lending restrictions uh, you know um talking to uh, you know uh, talking to some people yesterday lending uh or, or lending for first time buyers uh, has the restrictions there have been eased so it's easier for younger couples to Either get on the ladder or to add to what they're currently doing, so they might be borrowing a bit extra, sort of to, to go up into the loft or whatever. That's now being made easier. So, um, so I think we'll see. We'll certainly see uh, current levels maintained. But I mean, to me, where Persimmon is now, the shares look something of a bargain, particularly given that uh, dividend. It's uh, it's no wonder it's a cornerstone of so many investment funds.
1: Indeed, indeed, that uh, that dividend hard to ignore and it's going to be interesting to see how other house builders have performed in the in the first half and, and what the, the second half brings for them given the, the inflation data okay. and possible interest rate hikes that we're going to see moving forward. So let's move on now, Alan, to a company that's presented recently at a UK investor magazine uh, presentation um a very very strong performance there from Paul Johnson uh and just looking here Alan at the at the shares of Power Metal Resources yesterday very strong move in uh in in that company what was the driver behind that
0: um well we uh, I've spoken I interviewed Paul as you know on uh, 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 uh yesterday we recorded the interview sort of um on Monday ahead of the ahead of the uh, the the announcement um, and, uh, of course we spoke about the, we spoke about the, the, the fact that really power metal is now transitioning into, um, into a company that has, obviously it has a 14 different assets around the world, but this is an asset that they've gone straight into the ground with, um, uh, with, with the drill. And they've actually, um, they've actually drilled onto the edge of, a magnetic anomaly that was revealed through the survey work that's been done this is of course the Malopo farms project in Botswana that um, by the time power metal completes its options which it's uh, which is uh, very close to doing it will own 88% in other words pretty well the whole asset so um, so it, it, the the uh, when, when Paul and I spoke on the interview we looked at a number of slides that were in the announcement yesterday. Um, and this is this is a huge area. I mean, we're looking um, the uh, the drill rod went went into the ground and came out. Um, they they surveyed north point four four percent nickel across a seven meter a seven meter uh, a length. You know, which is that's a that's a big area. You know, um, a lot of these samples tend to be you know across say half a meter or fifty centimeters or whatever. But this that's a big sample, and it's on the edge of what appears to be. Um, uh, uh, an anomaly that's some 800 meters long there's also there are also some other anomalies uh, identified on the mag maps uh, nearby so uh, th- this is really exciting but you know the w- we've got some grades that have come out of the ground that um, have uh, you know have very much moved power metal forward uh, and what's exciting is uh, you know I was, I was talking about uh, this company yesterday um, on another channel and just looking at the 14 different assets they have They've got uh, projects in the USA, they've got projects in Canada, they've got projects in Australia, and al- also others in Botswana and in the DRC, um, uh, all of which are at various stages of evolution. There are four IPOs that have, ta- have taken place this year, one's already happened, of course, Power metal have a stake in first class metals with a bunch of assets uh, in Canada on the Schreiber Hemlo or Hemlo Schreiber gold belt near to the chemno Gold mine. Um, we have gold metal resources that has a package of assets in Nevada USA with the flagship, flagship asset being the pilot mountain tungsten asset that has a, a jaw resource uh, all of its own. Um, we then have the new Ballarat Gold Company in Australia which is uh, which has uh, is a joint venture with Red Rock resources where they're um, with assets owned in the Victoria Goldfields. also first development resources have assets in the Patterson province, um, a gold bullseye there, or, or a magnetic bullseye, very similar to the magnetic bullseye um, found at the Haviran, uh, owned by, of course, Greatland Gold. Uh, that needs no introduction. Um, that's uh, not too far away. Um, so this raft of assets the company has, plus its own assets, including the Tarty Greenstone Uh, Belt also in Botswana. And then, of course, um, as we've said, you know, uh, the Malopo Farms project and that result yesterday really moved the shares on. I mean, we've now got a valuation of 20 million. I did a a back of the FAG packet summary um, a few months ago. Um, And and given the different assets the group has, I I made a comparison to other companies that are trading, you know, with one or two assets uh, that are similar, but are traded and listed separately. But I came to a sum of the past valuation of about 70 million. So in my book, that means the share price still has an awful long way to go. You know, that's uh, three and a half, four P easily. Um, And uh, obviously, if uh, if Malopo Farms develops and uh, it becomes the asset that uh, we now think it could be, then, you know, sky's the limit.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. So, I mean, Investors that are looking at power metal resources, Alan. For you, you know, in the short term, what what can they expect in terms of news flow?
0: Well, just an absolute raft of news flow. It's the we have IPOs on the launch pad for Golden Metal Resources. We have an IPO on the launch pad for First Development Resources, um, and every time those companies come to market, of course. Power Metal has a stake in each company. So that stake, if you like, is crystallized in terms of a market valuation. And all that um, adds to the bottom line. And then on top of that, you've got the existing projects that are underway. I mean, the Silver Peak project, for example, in uh, in uh, British Columbia, Canada, that's around the, uh, the Eureka Silver Mine, um, uh, which uh, was produced many years ago. Uh, teams on the ground there at the moment, and there's some great pictures on power metal twitter feed that show you what's happening there so it's just this constant stream of news flow and then you know we're going to have given the resources the company has uh, you know it raised just over a million again at the start of the year Um, again that was at 1.7p so you know the shares now are an absolute an absolute bargain level compared to that at uh, 1.25p so so we have all this uh, uh, work yet to come but the resources can now be focused on fast tracking and uh, bringing other drilling rigs onto the Malopo Farmers Project in Botswana, get more drills into the ground, prove the asset up. And then um, uh, yeah, Paul, of course, was also in charge of Metal Tiger when they made the Sandfire uh, discovery um, uh, uh, some years ago. And of course, we all know what happened there. So it's it's a very exciting time. For this company, but also a very exciting time for the sector as well, because the the um, the mining sector has been bumping on the bottom for so long. Um, it, it, you know the the uh, commodities are still hugely important, um, and given that the Russia Russian production has now been shut out of the world market, um, there's an ever increasing need to locate new sources of nickel, of course, of gold, of copper, and and other assets. And um, I th- you know mining companies. Junior mining companies like this uh, offer huge opportunities, and when they find it, spectacular upside for investors.
1: Indeed, indeed. I mean, that's something that Paul Johnson picked up on in, in a podcast that we that we did with him, and something that we we've discussed in uh, in some detail about the you know, sentiment surrounding the junior explorer uh, sector. It May be starting to to improve. There's been some very good uh, good moves. In, in some companies over the last few weeks and you know those ones that have been on a, on a significant downtrend are starting to bottom out we've seen um you know moves like we've seen in in power metal resources so it looks as though the, the market's starting to, to wake up to some of the value in uh in some of these companies down there so that's going to be a sector that i'm, I'm sure on the podcast week we keep a close eye on and we'll be looking at again in the in the near future so and now let's move on to, to the last company that we're going to discuss today in Aquis. Um, Aquis, uh, we presented a number of, of Aquis companies earlier on this year in a virtual presentation. There's uh uh you know a real diversity of growth companies uh, on, uh, on on Aquis, some of them are very exciting, you know, revenue generating companies, they've got great technologies um operating in you know very interesting sectors. But the volumes have always been uh, a question mark, Alan. But, you know, we, we saw uh, about a month ago now a big change to that uh, in, uh, in, in access on Hargreaves Lansdown. So, I mean, what does that look like? And what do you expect from, from Aquis-listed stocks going forwards?
0: Well, of course, Aquis has got a huge history. And, and you know, we've been, um, at the, in, in my very roles over the years, I've, I've been uh, involved uh, and, you know, very closely aligned with Aquis and what they're doing. And, of course, I think uh, I think given uh, the fact that um, the London Stock Exchange has now hiked its minimum um, market capitalization requirement to 30 million, um, and aim the little cost of listing on AIM, you know, some companies are are prohibitive. Um, um, Aquis is the it's the obvious solution. It's the obvious destination. Um, but uh, over the years, in its various iterations, of course, we had uh, we've had Offex, we've had Plus Markets, we've had ISDX. But in its latest iteration, um, Aquis has finally, I believe, come of age and uh, offers investors, again, you know, if you're talking about um, a low risk investment, it's uh, this company obviously is a spread of risk across a number of platforms. Of course, we have the Aquis Exchange, um, which is operates uh, MTFs um, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, offers a lit order book with uh no no aggressive non-client proprietary trading on the on the uh exchange, which um lowers you know risk for for investors. We have the AQSE, which is the stock market that provides the primary uh or IPO opportunity for companies looking to list. And of course, we've spoken about various companies that have listed uh on ECUS this year, including Lyft Global Ventures. Um and and of course it offers an opportunity for uh, and a trading venue for investors, um, and uh, as a regulated exchange. And then you've got Aquas Technologies. So this is the, 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 if you like, the third point of the triangle um, that represents the group. Um, that's the the software and technologies business that actually provides the technology to operate uh, the exchange and the uh, the the, 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 uh, the exchange, um, and also provides market surveillance um, uh, facilities uh, and gateways for banks and brokers and investment funds to operate through. Um, and certainly um, Alistair Haynes, who's been driving the growth over the past few years, has done a great job with his team. Um, uh, Jonathan Cleland also is the, the chief ops officer still remaining. They bought, they've uh, reinforced the board recently, um, brought more people in. Um, and, and certainly certainly the steps forward have been great. But all the way through, the, the uh, for retail investors wanting to access Aqua Stocks they've always been hampered by the fact that it's not an ex- uh, that they can't access uh, the the uh, the uh, the exchange via online dealing accounts and of course with Hargreaves announcement that was in my view the biggest announcement in the company's history um but <laughs> for some reason just the market's the way they are at the moment it seems to go totally unnoticed but i think it's hugely important um you know the fact is that Hargreaves now um, include certain equities, and and with equities, of course, you've got the you have the access listing, so that gets you onto the market in the first place, which of course is what Lyft has gone through. And then once the company starts to perform and de- deliver um, growth and uh, returns and capital uh, capital gains for shareholders, um, depending on the revenue it's generating, it then becomes a, an apex company. So that, that that's kind of the the real growth se- sector of of the of, of the aquis offering and, and of course it's these growth companies that uh, you can currently trade um uh, on on hargreaves lansdowne but that's the first step uh, you know they'll be connecting to other other retail service providers um and other platforms will offer trading on aquas shares and i think th- this is this is an absolute quantum leap for the company which hasn't been shown or or represented in any form of share price movement but uh, it's probably a case that the first step is taken with the biggest uh, service provider uh, in in the UK so we'll they'll see how that goes iron out any glitches and then of course they'll move it on so AJ Bell and, and other share dealing services will will, will 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 take up the Equus offering but uh, um, it, it's a huge step forward and if you're if you if you're looking at investing into aqua stocks um, then it, this is a good way to gain exposure to those stocks because obviously if those stocks grow then um, consequential revenues for the aqua exchange grow also so it's a very it's a very soft way if you like to gain introduction to that broad cross-section of opportunities but yeah i mean shares are currently trading at 431p uh, year lows of 340p, so it's come up a bit over uh, uh overall August, which is good to see. But I think we're going to see many more companies listing on Aquis as the year goes by, looking for that opportunity, looking to become a, a growth company and uh, and uh offer investors access to buying, and selling, and holding the stock through their online share, on online dealing accounts.
1: I mean, look, looking at the Aquis share price here, Alan, how much do you think of this? Is a reflection of you know overall sentiment in, you know in, in markets at the moment because of course that they, they earn their revenue from from transactions. Yeah. Um, of course they earn uh, on the stock exchange, but it's a significant level of their their revenue from from new listings. Now obviously when economic conditions start to decline, you know we, we saw the shares up at about seven pounds. Uh, let's have a look there about fifty two mm. weeks ago. I mean, do, do you think this steady decline's been a, you know, a representation about overall sentiment of the market as opposed to actually what what Acquis is doing as a business? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, n- nothing. more. I mean, just to say that the chairman, uh, Glenn Collinson, bought twelve thousand shares at five pounds twelve p back in April this year, so that cost him sixty two thousand. So he's obviously sitting on a loss, but it absolutely reflects that 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 picture. You know, the 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 um the low trading volumes the light volume over the summer um and the fact that uh, that of course the the uh, move to connect to uh, Hargo's Lansdowne has gone barely unnoticed by the market so i think there's a good opportunity on off on offer here pick up the stock while the market's low when the volume's increased so will the share price and uh, that'll give you That'll give uh, shareholders at that point capital gains. So I think, you know, at this sort of level, um, it's it's it, it's looking really good value.
1: Indeed, indeed. Now, look at that valuation compared to the earnings. Uh, certainly one for investors to have a look at. So just as a recap of the, the stocks that we discussed today. First up was Persimmon with a ticker of PSN. It was then Power Metal Resources with a ticker of POW. And then was Aquis Exchange with a ticket of AQX. Alan, thank you much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, John. And thank you to everybody for listening. Thanks very much.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.